0: Rockstar. Hecate, keeper of the crossroads. Hiccup day.
1: You sound like that guy from.
0: Once there was this girl who <laughs> got into an accident, didn't go to school, but when she finally woke up, is here. Had turned from black to bright white. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Karaoke, here he comes. Welcome to Hoof and Horn, a witch's podcast, where we talk about witchcraft, paganism, music, the occult, and whatever else we want. and celestial frame sepulchral in a saffron veil arrayed pleased with dark ghosts that wander through the shade persian unconquerable huntress hail the world's key bearer never doomed to fail on the rough rock to wander these delights leader and nurse be present to our rites, perpetuous grant our just desire success accept our homage and the incense place.
2: I got Heck a day, heck a day, heck a day,
0: hello t-rex how are you on this fine sunday
1: okay how are you
0: i'm okay i slept till about uh 2 30 today yeah discuss
1: how i thought you might have died
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i'm in that middle part of being refreshed and also exhausted you know because you slept a little bit too long yeah Yeah. good times that's cool that i'm breathing Feeling, tasting, smelling. (laughs) As far as I know. (laughs) Good to go.
1: Anything new since we put out our last episode?
0: Hmm. Not that I can think of.
1: New that you can talk about that would not reveal your alter ego. Oh, wow. Dun, dun, dun. Mm, I don't know. I don't Mm, think so. Nope. (laughs) Oh, well.
0: I do know some exciting news, but I can't give it away okay. until it's actually dropped, as they say.
1: So I can't ask any questions about it, because you can't talk about it?
0: Yeah, I suppose. Let's let's find out. Ask me a question.
1: Uh, Who's it about?
0: Uh, the band metal horse. Ooh.
1: What's it about?
0: Uh, maybe some visual got? stuff going oh. on with some audio stuff. Some people call it a music video.
1: What? Another one?
0: Yeah, and this one's uh, done by a really, really good director. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks, you know, the first one, I think they did with, uh, like, just iPhones and, or uh, maybe a...
1: It was a regular camera. It was a
0: camera, but it was just one type of camera, right? Yeah. And this one is done with several shots. Um, I think they used a drone in it Mm -hmm. So when that actually comes out I'll definitely say something about it Which it's very soon So definitely next time we're on here Yeah, Yeah, for sure So that's exciting exciting. I also heard some exciting news Because these are just bands that I follow But uh, there's a band the Black Market Vinyl that we've Mm -hmm. played on here before, and they are just about to release their second album.
1: That's exciting.
0: And Metal Horse is, uh, I think, about to release a a new album, too.
1: Everybody's been musically uh, working during the... um... Quarantine? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wish that uh, Zoom and all that shit had better audio stuff, because then I felt like I could have done a lot of stuff during this, but when your bandmates are... You know, off time, and you are just because the audio won't right come because through. it's
1: like the way that's coming through. I noticed that in ritual, we had to have other people close right. their their um sound off because it was just everything was all off. But yeah, I almost don't want that to get better because then if it does, no one will be do like anything. living like freaking wally. e right. no one's gonna be getting up out of their little. Floating lounge chairs, mm-hmm. flying around, having conversations, and doing everything like a big blob.
0: Yeah. So. You just sit in one room. You can shit in your chair. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Can't wait. And some suction tube. We're on like me. three minutes
1: from it anyway. I mean, hello, Amazon, internet, everything's in your hand. Oh yeah. But yeah. it's not living on a ship waiting for the Earth to, you know, chill out since we ruined it. So
0: does seem like if something happened to kind of slow down the progress it might be a good thing you know get back to the old ways of things
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean we were just talking the other I mean, day of how there's there's a plant to cure you for everything but then we take that plant and then we synthetically make it this thing and then we charge money for it and then we probably put shit in there that doesn't need to go in there as well right and it's just like why don't we just use the plant because, because it is money. not
1: right it, it comes down to what's more um lucrative and profitable It's gross. Yeah, I mean you can take some aspirin that Bayer created, or you can use white willow bark because it acts like that, and that's probably part of the you know I don't know the history of making aspirin, but white willow bark is like a natural painkiller like aspirin. Hmm. I just bottled up some white willow bark, so I'm thinking about it. All my my herbs and roots. Don't tell anyone A witch
0: Oh I don't believe you I don't think you No one does.
1: (laughs) Speaking of witches
0: I like witches Did you know Pan was called the king of the witches?
1: I heard that from uh, your Facebook feed Mm. the other day Oh yeah But I did not know that until you told me I just really liked
0: that title That's cool Yeah Dig it
1: Where'd you see it? In that book? Or
0: yeah, on in that the book. website? Yeah. Um, actually, I'd like to mention that book, so. Okay. Talk about something.
1: I didn't talk about anything. Uh, it's called The Power of the Pause Button.
0: Nice. Uh, it This little book, and it'll probably take you like, I don't know, 10 minutes to read, maybe. But it's got some good information, and it's called Pan, God of the Groves.
1: I forgot who wrote that. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to look. look uh, on from the inside Porcos Books by
1: oh Helfurian Lontari there you go Lantari. yeah Helfurian I was going to say I know this person from Facebook it's been a long time since I bought those I have one on Pan and one on Hecate and another because I know I have three and I don't remember what that one is from but it's kind of like a little Probably self-printed book booklet and Horcos books.
0: Yeah, but and I it, thought it was cool. Yeah, that's where I read that, and it, it is cool, and it's a little—it's like the little tiny Bibles, you know. The
1: chicklets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drop those around town. Right. They'll, it'll be in the Banner Graphic in like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the local paper. Oh. In right. case she sheet from here. Mm-hmm.
0: The graphic of banner, the Daily Bugle. Yes,
1: the Daily Bugle. Sorry, the Daily Planet. Do you know that I worked in the building that was the Daily Planet oh, in yeah. the movies? Oh yeah. Nice man. Yep. And you'd go in, and that big revolving Earth thing in there. Mm. It's on Forty Second Street, between oh shoot, Cross Street. I don't remember. Maybe it was like Fifth and Seventh, or Seventh and Sixth, maybe. That was definitely Forty Second Street.
0: Is that called the Flatiron?
1: No, the Flatiron is that sort of triangle-shaped building that comes to kind of like a point. Mm-hmm. And that is downtown more, more With like in the teen, high low-twenties, high-teens, around that sort of area.
0: I think in the Spider-Man uh, PlayStation video game, the Flatiron was the Daily Bugle.
1: Oh. And that's why. Gotcha. So- Well, it's a landmark building.
0: Sure. Sure, sure.
1: I've always wanted to be on the inside of that building and, like, the point. I want to see what that room looks like Hmm. on whatever floor. But I think I only went inside it once, and it was, like, the basement or something. I don't know.
0: Oh, was uh, Pee Wee Herman's back down
1: there? It was. They went all the way to the Alamo, but they should have just gone to New York City and gone to the Flatiron building. Yeah. there. That's probably going to be really loud. Chop it on the ice. Oh, bro. I always
0: forget about that. Sorry, man. <laughs> just fucking deal with it, alright? <laughs> hmm. hmm. So what are we going to talk about today?
1: We're going to talk about Hecate. Ooh. We just rhymed.
0: Nice! Let's try to do that through the whole thing.
1: Oh, you're good at that. I'm not.
0: And then maybe later we'll try to sang.
1: Sign. sing. Sing. Sing? Sing? Sing.
0: Thing? Sing? Sing? <laughs> That's right. Let's not do that then, then.
1: <laughs> well, we played a song about Hecate before we started. Oh. You're not gonna start your thing. Mm-hmm. I know that dogs herald her arrival, but nobody yeah. needs to hear your mouth,
0: yeah. Miss Zoe. That's crazy, though, that we just started talking about She. It's the first time you said anything. Lay down, man. It's cool.
1: So, yeah. Hecate. 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 How do you say your name?
0: Uh, Hecate. I think that you were telling me, though, I recently learned this, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's pronounced in some places with an E in the beginning.
1: Well, e- yeah. Like the way well, you, you write her name in Greek, It's there's an the epsilon, the Greek oh. E. Um... So and is that so, said, Hecate? Yeah. We, I don't know where the H would have come from, but it's there. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say it differently. Um, Hecate, Hecate, um, Hecate. Hecate. I've heard Hecate. Hecau. Mm-hmm. Um, Hecau was really from one chant. Oh okay. Yeah, it's a um, <clears throat> assembly of the sacred wheel chant that Hecau. Chant I and mean, they're kind of making them. It's, what I'm told from from Evo is that it's like the sound of crows. Mm. Um, but I've heard Hecate, 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 Hecate and Hecate. Ooh, I like um, he- Hecate. Hecate. Yeah, so when I started out as a, a you know, even before being a, a votary of. Hecate or Hecate, um, I always just said Hecate because that's what I heard, but in my practice now, when I talk to her, I say Hecate, and then when I talk about her, I usually say Hecate cause it's just habit, um, but really, maybe we're all saying it wrong, and sure. you know, for my name, I answer to a lot of different pronunciations of my name. You know and and the different spellings of my name of her have been varied mm-hmm. and i'm always going to answer to it if somebody says you know tamara and i know they're talking to me you know or tamara you know i know they're talking to me they might not be saying it correctly but i'm not going to ignore them so i feel like she gets it and whichever way you feel called to say it um say it but most common these days is hecate and hecate
0: that's the yeah the one i think that everyone that i've heard talk has said hecate
1: Mm -hmm.
0: where's she from
1: so (laughs) you're doing good so is she greek or not greek
0: that is the question
1: yeah so i feel like uh i started out in the You know, a lot of people were talking about how she's not really Greek, but adopted by the Greek Pantheon, the uh, Olympian gods, like Zeus and Poseidon and um, the family, Hades, you know, Rhea, Kronos, those those Olympians. Um, And actually, Hecate is a Titan, classified as the Titan and not an Olympian. Um, but chooses in the war against the titans and the olympians to fight on the side of the olympic gods aka on the side of zeus and his family um and utilizes those torches that she carries as weapons which is very interesting but you know to say i think the bigger question is whether she's olympian or not and she's not olympian but from you know the way that we see the greek world right now the, you know when we look at the map of europe there's a space that's called greece you know but back in the day the greek world was you know from the coasts of um mediterranean side of spain there is settlements all through northern africa going all the way further out into into turkey up into the red sea and so the Greek world is actually a lot bigger um, than it would be today. So I think we can say that she is Greek, but just not Olympic. She doesn't have a, a throne on Mount Olympus. She doesn't choose to live there. And so
0: she like placed in a cave.
1: Yeah. She's got her cave often. Like she's got her own. She's got her own space. You know, she's not part of that. Original family, she just sort of chose in the mythology. She chooses that side. She doesn't choose the side of the Titans. So to make Hakate a Titan is probably pointing the fact of how how old she is, and probably deeply rooted into that uh, place and time. That you're not going to just you're not going to really get rid of her. So why don't we adopt her in and give her a lineage as well? Well, that we can talk about that in a little bit, but. Um she does end up with a Greek lineage and parentage too. This is all about um we're looking at slides everybody cuz I have a Hecate class that I've taught online and in person. So we're just you're kind of getting like a a sneak peek at the Hecate class. Dun, nice. dun, dun. So yeah, it's just like about, you know, her her geography. Um, going back to Anatolia and Figria, which is ends up being modern-day Turkey. Um, she has a connection to... I like to say... Some people say Cybele. I like to say Cibella. because Oh, I, uh, Italian. oh there's something on my screen. I thought um, it was Sybil, uh, but I guess not. Cybele. Okay. But I know Italian people would say it Cibella. Mm. And I think that's pretty. Um, we can also look to Minoan culture and the... Uh, like this the snake goddess um you know i think a lot of people have seen that picture of the the bare-breasted statue very triangular like skirt and she's holding up on side her arms are out to the side elbows bent hands up and she's got snakes in both fists um the original um i guess figurine that was found only had it was broken and only had one arm with a snake so to see her standing there holding two snakes is, an, snakes is an assumption that she was holding two snakes was she possibly holding a torch and a snake
0: Duh.
1: don't know right. maybe, maybe not but um, also her, some of her origins go back to Thrace uh, the goddess Bendis might be conflated with uh, Chibella and Hecate as well so you kind of see these different um, ancient goddesses being conflated. You know, I think a lot of different goddesses are conflated as people move through the Mediterranean and Europe and Africa, so you might have a, a temple to you know, Isis and Artemis, or, or you know, Hecate and Artemis, and they kind of conflate them, and different cultures of people go, oh, I've got a goddess that she's kind of like that, and I, I'm, you're telling me about your goddess that sounds like mine, and so you know, they, it becomes over time where you start to mesh those gods and goddesses together. Which I think is kind of neat.
0: Yeah, it's just like every time a culture conquers another one, they take all those statues and just change the names of them, basically. Sometimes. Yeah. Or
1: like merge them together. You know? Right. That's a neat kind of concept that the gods go where the people go. Hence that really cool... I never watched the series, so I never had Showtime. But... Uh, American Gods, mm-hmm. the book, um, was a really great concept. I really liked it. I read it when it, back in the <laughs> day. Hey! Um, but that the gods travel where people traveled. And then since they weren't being worshipped anymore, you know, like, like they got to get jobs and stuff like that and have stuff to do. Of course, Zoe! She's heralding her arrival. Jill. Y'all. This what? is why I, I I say everybody should have cats. Sweet little meows. Well, I have a cat, but Yeah. Go, <laughs> <Preston>. <laughs> Nothing against you, Zoe, but you're loud. Okay? Shut up.
0: Absolutely. So uh what kind of, did she have temples, Hecate?
1: Yes, she did. Yeah. Yes, she do, actually, because some of them still exist, even though they're not, they're not running, they're not functioning anymore. She actually had quite a few when I had, you know, done the research. Um, I was surprised at how many and how far those, the, the range of, like, distance that those um, temples appear. So our largest one was in modern Turkey, in Caria, in a a town called Lagina, or Lagina, or however you want to say it. I like Lagina. Um, That was actually the last major temple built in the Hellenistic Greek period, which is pretty cool, if you ask me. It's quite large, and, and it's all, of course, in ruins, and you can work your way to getting there you know you might have to hire a bus and a private car to get you out there but it's uh still in existence and you can kind of walk the the temple complex that was a, a temple solely to her a lot of times you find smaller temples within temple complexes of other gods where it might be like a temple of zeus but there's a small temple of another gods in in that complex but this one was all was all dedicated to to Hecate. There was also one in Stratonichia and it was within uh somewhat walking distance from Lagina and we have record of there being a processional. You know how we like a processional.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um where a young maiden, a young girl would carry this key from Stratonichia to Lagina. Um On a processional highway with you know singing and music and sprinkling of wine at the gates yeah Um, then there was also another one at Melitos and that's 50 miles north of Lagina Uh, there were some in Libya like modern-day Libya inside a temple of Apollo Um, there was one in Athens and here we find her as the three-formed Um, Hecate as opposed to the single body, single formed Hecate Um, and it was in the temple of Nike at the Parthenon and I think that might have been a one that there was a warning it might have been of Hecate Phosphoros so light and there was a warning to not look directly at the statue in the sunlight because it would blind you Because of what it was made from and the sun hit it, you know, you know, I think that's pretty nifty. Hecate Phosphoros, and it's made of something that reflects light so much that might damage your eyes. It's no longer there. There's just a, um, a marker that has her name in in Greek. So you know where it was, but it's statue isn't there. The temple really isn't there anymore. Um. So yeah, they gave her a parentage. They gave her a family in the Greek, in the Greek, you know, theogony.
0: Okay. And that's, Pantheon?
1: Well yeah, in the Pantheon, but like the, the first original times we see her written down, or really anything of the gods written down, is in Hesiod's Theogony, which I think is the 7th to 8th century before the Common Era. And Hesiod was like a you know shepherd farmer dude, who actually knew how to write, so not a lot of people did. Right. Um, so that's the first time we see all the, the story of the gods and the families and some of the most myths written down. Um, and in that, it gives Hecate the parentage of her father being Perseus and her mother being Asteria. And Asteria's parents are chios and phoebe chios and phoebe have two daughters asteria and leto and leto is one of the uh, goddesses that zeus gets with because zeus gets around right oh yeah and if you know your greek mythology it's that leto is running around pregnant and hera is pissed as she usually is and she's so mad that she makes all of the land promise her that they will not give her any shelter to have her babies so Lido is traveling around trying to find some place to give birth to her babies because she has she has two and finally it's a little floating island called Delos that a lot like invites her on to it so that she can have some place safe And she gives birth first to Artemis as her first baby. And then she begins to give birth to Apollo. Um, And Artemis serves as her mother's midwife because her birth with Apollo is very hard. And so Hecate's aunt is Leto, which makes her cousins in the Theogony Apollo and Artemis. What do you think about that, Zoe? You in agreement?
0: She acted like she had something to say to not she, <laughs> she did. You left out that part where...
1: <sighs> yeah, I kind of like that. Um, maybe it's because it's like, ooh, it's a cousin thing. But those are her cousins.
0: Doesn't she have, uh, in some pictures, uh, different animal heads for her face? she does. Well, like, a, I remember so... a snake.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Possibly a horse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Possibly a, a hound of some sort.
1: Yeah, dogs. So you see different combinations of that. And so she's single-bodied, but I don't have the, the actual date of the the time when we see her in a triple-bodied form. So she can appear as a single-bodied uh, woman. She can appear as three women together, sort of standing back to back in the three directions. hmm and then sometimes when she is single bodied and has, she can have uh, also three heads on one body. And sometimes you could have a human head with like a dog head and a goat head. There can be snake, um, boar, uh, cow, like there's lots of different combinations of them. So dog, a cow or a bull, um, goat, horse serpent and sometimes even a dragon look at that mythological creatures mythological byzantine encyclopedia the Suda, 10th century dragon head but i think the thing that maybe irks me the most is um and and i'm sorry if you're one of the ones that that's out there doing and and seeing her this way and i'm not going to knock anybody's um experience with her as a crone but the insistence that she only is a crone or this neo-pagan idea of the maiden the mother and the crone is quite a modern thing and i don't like to classify my goddesses like that um i don't like to be you know as i get older
0: pigeonholed and uh... yeah
1: you know if i because that's really just revolving around the fact that we can like pop out a baby maybe you know maybe but for women that don't want to or femmes or people with a uterus that don't choose to or can't it's just narrowing us down into baby machines and maybe some femmes and women want to do other things with their lives other than reproduce right Mm -hmm. then what happens when we're past that reproduction age we're just suddenly old and useless and in the corner like that's what our western society puts us at but to just see and classify Hecate as a crone is not paying attention to how she has always appeared since classical times. And in my class, and I guess maybe I'll use this picture as our, as our um, icon for this episode, and I'll put it in the show notes. When you go in, you know, in the class, I have people just look at this picture for a while and tell me what they see. So without looking at the side, what do you see, Braxis?
0: So she doesn't look like a crone in that picture. Well, no, because like...
1: she's not. She's always a maiden. Mm. She's always been seen as a maiden. She's I was young. Kind of... She's beautiful. I'd place her in about mid-twenties. Right? Yeah, raise an eyebrow at that. that thought? Pig. I always, <laughs> I always
0: pictured uh, that maiden crone and uh, mother, right? Mm-hmm. As like different states of like thought, like the crone being full of wisdom. Sure. You know, you've lived a life and now you can, you're in a stage of enlightenment a little bit, right? And then the mother is different than that and still curious about the world. And and then the first one is just being able to see it with, you know, new eyes in any situation or the world or the universe or whatever Yeah. Always thought it was those three. Not so much the age of what was going on there, but I totally. I like that way of
1: of looking at it that way, and I think I wish more people did. If I were to, you know, she's often put in that um, maiden, mother, crone category with Persephone and Demeter, right? Or Cory who becomes Persephone and Demeter and Hecate, Um, and I wouldn't classify. Persephone as the maiden and Demeter as the mother and Hecate as the crone. I would shuffle that around a little bit and put Hecate as the maiden and Persephone as the mother and Demeter as the crone. Because who goes through that transition from one thing to a new empowered thing? It's the quarry or Persephone, right? She Whether it's a kidnapping and quote-unquote a rape or she goes and into this journey willingly, um, she's the one that makes that. She becomes the queen, right? That whole myth is about her finding her her true place as a queen. Um, who makes everything die when she's really upset is Demeter. She's killing everything, right? And who is that guide? Who is the who doesn't change in all of that is is Hecate. So I would I would classify them a little bit differently myself and I think it's okay to see her in different stages I'm not saying that it's wrong but you know to just we can thank <laughs> Aleister Crowley for that for what <laughs> placing her I mean not just Aleister Crowley there's if you go through some of the writings and I'm, and I'm not going to talk about it in really in here because um, that's part of the class and it would get too intricate sure. for I think a podcast but she starts out as this, you know, harvest goddess, really. Not a goddess of the dead or a goddess of of um, the chthonic or underworld goddess. She's not. Mm-hmm. She's really a harvest. She's seen with a basket. She has to do with the agricultural cycle. So she's a goddess of the grain. And then as time goes on and she, you know, gains different things. And yes, maybe a goddess of the dead and chthonic and, you know, in the Chaldean oracles, Then she's sort of like this. um, That's really confusing, and I can't even wrap my head fully around the Calydon Oracles. But as this liminal thing between the first power and like she basically is the thing that manifests things, and everything goes to her and comes through her, right? So I can see more motherly and savior, right? Oversoul, world soul stuff becomes part of Hecate, but then she, you know, we Shakespeare right and those three witches and they're calling on Hecate it's in his play and so then there's these creepy witches that are in there and she starts to get more of like this dark scary reputation and to think that that's all that there is to her is ignoring everything else that we have before that um yeah so when I I hear and however she appears to people is how she appears to people she's not a mother to me uh she's not a dark goddess to me and I know that a lot of people call her a dark goddess and I know people personally that look at her as her mother I'm not saying they're wrong but that's not my experience um I think she's someone who illuminates the darkness she got torches for a reason hey now hey now um the, we were just talking before on our little pause break about her epithets what's an epithet? as you chew eyes
0: it's a title that gives a description or denotes an honor or
1: praise that's right in Greek polytheistic religions it's also an aspect or a focus of a divinity's powers that a person is petitioning so you can work with Hecate, Hecate, or you can even narrow it down a bit more to say Hecate, Corotrophos, um, Lampadios, and various others. There's a really great list compiled. If you just go to Google and you put in uh, Hecate epithets, you're probably going to get a blog post by Matt Oren from his blog, For Puck's Sake. and he compiled it along with someone else's work as well, um, into a crazy long, there's so many. It's so amazing to me. Um, I pulled out a few here that, that I just, maybe the, it's the ones I felt most called to, you know, um, Brimo is the angry one. And that's one, an aspect of Hecate that I've worked with before that was, gonna, is going to rip all the shit down. Um, she's kind of terrifying. That's one that's got an owl head, um, a dog head, and a serpent head. There is no human head on that on that depiction of, of Hecate Brimo. There's Chthonia, Chthonic. Could you not dig your claws into my foot? Chthonia, that's what I'm going to call your dog from now on. The depths from hell. <laughs> The nails there's Enodia or of the crossroads or of the roads um I should probably work more with Gentilis because that's the midwife or the birth helper you know should probably make offerings to her when I go to births and stuff um Cleoducos is the key holder there is Hecate Cori like Cori and Persephone right means the maiden um Chorotrophos is the child nurse and Lampadios is the lamp bearer. I think this one's really cool too. It's lochias and it means protector of birth and um, the type of bleeding that a person with a uterus has after they have a baby is called lochia. And so there's Hecate lochias. Mm. It's like the medical term of what that what that blood is called Um, Nictopoulos is the night-wandering hecate and then um, Oletus is the destroyer Um, I like Soteria too that's a savior there's Trimorphos the three formed Um, Zono Dracontos is encircled by serpents and that was one of the aspects that we worked with uh, for that three priestess trance work that we did at um pride day and the most craziest one i ever found you want to know what it is i do
0: i actually want to hear you say the You're other gonna, one yeah, because...
1: yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna try <laughs>
0: try the other one though the first those what was it Sono Encircled dracontos? by snakes yeah this one okay
1: say that. oh was zono dracontos yeah that's yeah, cool. that's encir- encircled by serpents. Nice. And this one is the longest one in the entire list that I found. Ready? I'm going to mess it up. Chrysosandalolampotichthonia. Let me try it again. Chrysosandalolampotichthonia. And it means goddess of the lower world wearing golden sandals and drinking blood. Holy Do you not want to get down with that goddess? That's pretty good. That's I'd wear golden sandals and lounge around and drink blood <laughs> that I probably collected myself. You know, I would. So, her symbols I think I'm going to do this whole section with a really like we're on coffee talk. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, tools, animals, and miscellaneous symbols of Hecate. The obvious. What the torch well yeah it yeah, goes without saying at least one sometimes two there's um well i guess it looks like a vase but it's a big painted um almost, or it has a has a term and i don't remember the term but the depiction of of I, I think she might be leading persephone back up from the time that she spent in 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 hades realm and there's you know there's hermes there's so, uh, Demeter's and is painted on it. It's in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I was like well, maybe one of two things that I could ever find in that whole section of that museum. But they have that one. I'll put that in the maybe in the website too. But she's holding two torches, so she's kind of leading her back um, to the upper world. She sometimes holds lamps like lanterns. She'll have a blade or a dagger.
0: I've definitely heard of her having a key before. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Jars that she holds.
0: Ah, that's why she's your goddess. Why? Because all the jars? Jars, yeah.
1: (laughs) You should see the amount of jars that I was dealing with before I got here.
0: (laughs) If that would have said jars and shiny things, I would (laughs) have... I've never seen her with a whip.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about that whip. Okay. We don't have that much information about it, but... um, What I have found makes sense. The animals associated with her... Uh, you know, the one that's over here... Flapping her yap more than she has for lots of other podcasts, so... She just wants to talk about Hecate, too. Our dogs. Dogs. Dogs and goats and black lambs. Dragons, bulls. Horse. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And because... Um way before I, so like, I never worked with Hecate up until becoming a votary of Hecate. Um, so that's about a good 12 years of time, coven work and public rituals and open rituals of no one ever working with Hecate and then all of a sudden this. But before I did that, um, I was taking like a seven month course and part of that was you know discovering what your underworld guide was and when I did the meditation and went down there what I found was a horse and it really was quite confusing to me but it also I took it to be something that was real because I would never pick a horse I've maybe been horseback riding twice in my life not like that girl who had like horse statues on her dresser you you didn't draw
0: horses during i didn't draw
1: horses horses were not my thing you know if i went down there and found a cat i know i was probably influencing it you know Mm -hmm. but i had this horse and so then the the teacher of the course said you know told me to go watch a horse like a a horse with her baby colt and so i went went to youtube and just looked up horse videos and i realized for that part of my life when aiden and kieran were very little it was basically like chasing them around like how she corrals her her cult but then going further on my path and then finding this and then a horse being one of the big animals associated maybe not as as much as dogs are but the, even a horse-headed you have horse-headed Hecates too so I thought that was pretty cool um, she has been associated with the lion hydras wolves snakes and the mullet fish
0: Whoa, do they yeah. have mullets? Yeah. They do. Are they uh business up front and party in the rear? What? <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just just <laughs> just wondering what kind of demeanor we're dealing with here with this fish.
1: <laughs> in my brain I saw like this demented fish and then all of a sudden I saw the haircut you were talking On about. On the
0: demented fish and it all made <laughs> fucking perfect sense then, didn't it? world came together in a moment. <laughs> it
1: did, it did.
0: Well, what other miscellaneous stuff have we seen?
1: Uh, well, golden sandals oh. in blood, right? right so, right. her sandals are usually typically golden, sometimes bronze, but golden sandals. Um, she has oak leaf crown, crowned in oak leaves, which I, I miss oak trees. There are not too many oak trees here, hmm. and long island where i live was covered in oak trees and acorns so i don't see too much of that anymore phases of the moon
0: yeah this dark moon crescent moon and full moon remind me also something else you said about her being the the power to get things done and stuff made me think of mother mary
1: yeah yeah
0: some of that you know she's standing on a crescent moon with a yeah star all around her on the I think the stars are on her shawl as she's wearing, mm-hmm. and I mean I, I, they could probably stand for her a lot. But I think Isis is also yep. one that she
1: standing on that crescent moon, right,
0: right, right. Yep. Way before mm-hmm. Mary was depicted. There's that such church
1: a thing. Um, going up towards Danville. They have it's a church that's dedicated to Mary. Okay. One of the ap- uh, epithets of Mary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's standing that it's like a bronzish type of statue outside and she's standing on a crescent moon
0: oh yeah
1: yeah i took a cool picture of her once where the moon was out over her shoulder nice. so i got the real moon and then the mary standing on the moon stealing some symbolism christians um so yeah all phases of the moon you could connect to her the dark moon being a traditional um time that you would have a depth, no? in Hellenistic religion is that time that you would have that meal that you would bring those cakes to the crossroads, you'd leave them there, and the offerings for her and then the two, it's the end of the month right, Your last the day of the month and then you'd have your next day, your Numenia, and that's where you're doing like your, the energy and the magic to bring things in and then that third day is the day of the Agathos demon, your good house spirit and you're leaving offerings to your house and land spirits. So that's how the month was ended and be- begun in uh, Greek religion.
0: Lots of doing.
1: Lots of doing.
0: They didn't have a, a Facebook and YouTube to distract no, them. No, right? So you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also Keeper of the Crossroads. I mean, as heck the song heck says, right? Say,
1: hey. Keeper of the crossroads. Hecate. Holder of the flame. heck a wisdom in the darkness, guide our way, guide our way. We'll use that in the podcast. They gave us permission. Absolutely. Cool. Um. Yeah. And saffron, saffron cloaked. So saffron is as expensive as shit now.
0: What is saffron? It's the for the layman term. It is Myself. the centerpieces
1: <laughs> of of this flower. They're very um like it's a like a really deep orange color mm. and it's super expensive I bought a few strands of saffron and it was like upwards of like 20 bucks saffron is expensive and to dye things in saffron woof, maybe in the ancient world it wasn't so much but it takes a, a, a lot to get a little so the saffron um, cloaked is on the ways that she's uh, depicted so I pulled out some of the more interesting, to me, or maybe common things, and things I, I think that people are most attracted to about her symbols. And so it's her single or twin torches. I talked about earlier how she used them as weapons to beat up the titans. Right. You know, she used her Her torches are about guidance and illumination, but she can also whack you across the head with it. You know? In some um, of the hymns their mercy and severity and that's what I kind of find about her she's not I I mean I think that there is a compassion when it comes to Hecate but she's not like super lovey-dovey you know it's this balance between mercy and severity And if you're looking for a lot of lovey-dovey and coddling you're not gonna really find that in her so you know kinda know that now I pulled out this little quote here from the um, it's from the covenant of Hecate site. So if you're interested in um, working more with the goddess or any information about her, you might want to go look up um, HecateCovenant.com. And this is about her torches and Hecate's role as cosmic soul in the Chaldean oracles. The two fires of her torches acquire cosmological significance. One fire is of the ideas from the first intellect and the second fire is the demiurge who shapes and forms the material world as the bearer of these fires Hecate separates them from each other she receives the first fire and transmits it to the lower world where it becomes the second fire of the demiurge so even then she's kind of like this liminal thing that is manifesting creating and manifesting the world of course her keys I got one of her keys and a torch, right? She's known known to carry keys since ancient Greek times. When we think about keys, we're like, oh, give me the key to open something, right?
0: Or lock something up. Or
1: lock it up. What do you got to lock up? What do you got to hide Secrets,
0: man. Secrets. Secrets.
1: Things that you're not ready to deal with. Skeletons, yo. Mm-hmm. Things that you no longer want to have affect you. You can work with hecate to lock those things away from you uh she's in the hymns the key bearing mistress of the world and i had mentioned that key bearing maiden that walks from stratonachia to lagina she's the guardian of doorways you'd find her in those uh, doorways or gateways to towns cities other temples people's homes that liminal space is that idea that needs to be protected. So, like Hermes, she protects those liminal spaces. There's a little tiny Hecate at my doorway protecting the door with both torches, because if you think about coming in here with any of your bullshit, she's going to slap you down. She's going to slap you down. How about the crossroads, Braxis? Yeah? Yeah.
0: You said something Three. earlier. What? You know, when I think of a crossroads, it's a four-way, but obviously it could be a three-way. Three-way
1: crossroads.
0: Um, but you said something earlier about the three goddesses
1: the three in body. three
0: directions. What yes. are? What's the three? Because I always thought there was four directions, right? What, right. Or is it just...
1: Well, just the... It's like the boundary road, right? So you can be on one road, and then one... Like, it's the three-pointed road. So, protecting roads and roads itself like we don't really think that, i mean they're still dangerous you get hit by a car if you're a pedestrian right mm-hmm. you how many people are injured and die in yeah, road was... accidents right so roads are dangerous but we don't look at them as a, as a dangerous thing that people in ancient worlds did to leave your town or city and travel from one town or city to another is a dangerous act because you can get attacked along the road. There's, you know, not so great people maybe along the roads. What's going to happen? And so to have a goddess that's going to, or even the Herms, right, the stone Herms, it's Hermes, gotta travel, right, to petition liminal deities that are going to get you safely from one place to the other. People that were like murderers or the poor they might not be in the city or the town you might even have buried people that were poor and couldn't afford a proper burial or people that were murderers or did were criminals or buried at the crossroads because so the idea of ghosts and angry spirits and, and the restless dead being at the crossroads is a serious thing and so then you have this goddess that's protecting the crossroads helping you transition from one place to another but also keeping the restless dead like they become her retinue of uh, spirits and so she's kind of keeping a, like that in control and them in kind of control so three or four-way crossroads you would leave offerings there too if it was a food offering the in back in, in the day the the poor might that'd be that'd be a place like you know that you could go to get a meal at the end of that month right would be those meals would be laid out at those crossroads and it doesn't matter if people ate it. it doesn't matter now if like animals eat it don't leave bullshit on the crossroads kids you know don't leave your candle stubs don't leave trash that you think is an offering if it's not biodegradable or safe for an animal to eat or a child to come across all you're doing is littering so leave things you know safe food not your candles and, and not your, your trinkets. You might have to make That's a little stone. That's for your own altar at home. Yeah, it absolutely is. Don't, you know... I come across it. I'm picking it up. You know, and I know absolutely people, especially, you know, across the big pond that are, in you know, living near sacred spaces and mounds and stone circles and such, they're not letting that shit sit there anymore. They're scraping up your offering... They're picking up your tea light candles, they're taking your, you know, the strings you wrapped around a tree that's just going to damage it, and they're taking it down. So um, think wisely about the things that you leave at the crossroads. The dark moon. We talked about the Depnon earlier. It's called, it means evening meal. And so if you wanna start working with Hecate, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that, it's Hecate's Supper. And that's that ritual meal for Hecate, the restless dead.
0: So what is it saying it Dipnong. Okay.
1: Yep. And you'd leave this at the crossroads. So, you know, don't leave it on paper plate. When I put anything, it's those, <coughs> excuse me, eggs and honey. And I just kind of put that out there. I'm sure maybe a raccoon or something might come along and nibble on it. Um, and it's the way that you end your month or moon moon cuz it is it's a moon what dogs then the earth began to bellow trees to dance and howling dogs and glimmering light advance ere hecate came and that's in the aeneid by virgil it's right when we started this podcast and mentioned her name
0: the dog started
1: the dog started a howling
0: Signaled by dogs howling. Yeah. That's what I've always wanted. Just walk into a room and have all the dogs start, start howling. howling. That'd be fucking yeah. dope, wouldn't
1: it? It would. It would. Um, <laughs> black dogs were sacrificed to this goddess Enodia, who was okay. later conflated with so then Now you have Hecate Enodia as the goddess of the um, roads. That's Enodia. And black dogs were sacred to her so while you should not be running around sacrificing any black dogs to Hecate I think we've kind of moved on from that what you could do instead is to make offerings of dog food and maybe things that a shelter with dogs might have maybe more special if there's a black dog there but all dogs are sacred to Hecate Mm -hmm. so let me talk about that whip Whip it the up. The only thing that I put on there is... Whip. What does a... Whip. 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 Whip.
0: Why do you say it like that? Whip. Whip.
1: What is a whip? <laughs> <laughs> it's is a car, isn't a it? a whip symbolize <laughs> to you? What do you think when you see whip?
0: I think fucking Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That is exactly what I have.
1: And so how did Indy utilize that whip?
0: For all kinds of different shit. True. He used it as a weapon. <laughs> he used it to fucking... Hit himself in the chin and give himself a cool scar across his <laughs> chin. He, he did. He used it to swing around on shit. He used it to put out fucking torches or candles. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, wow. Now you so, think about it. He's really versatile with he is that He's versatile whip. with
1: that whip. But ultimately, it's a symbol of control, right? Oh. Take it to a, you know.
0: You're talking about B and M and, and S and.
1: Well, (laughs) I guess if you want to use it like that too but also when you're when you get in trouble, right? When someone is in trouble getting whipped, right? Whips were used on enslaved people um, right? So it's a symbol of control so I think that if Hecate has a whip it may be a symbol of how she can control things or maybe it's keeping the restless dead in control. Right? So if you have people that might have been murdered or didn't have a proper burial or didn't live long enough, left things undone, right? You've got those restless dead. Somebody's got to keep them under control. They have a job now with her, but I think...
0: I'm glad they're not unemployed. That's great. Yeah, they're
1: definitely not employed. I give them offerings as much as I give her offerings, so... Her people. Um, serpents.
0: Serpents in the night.
1: Yeah, she is crowned with oak leaves and coils of wild serpents. The snake girdled and three headed, and the she serpent and the snake girdled. Round her horrible serpents twined themselves among the oak boughs. So these are different quotes from things like the root cutters, from the Chaldean oracles, and from the Argonautica. We're scared of snakes. somebody some... Walks up to you and they've got like snake belts and there's snakes in your hair, you're gonna like probably pause and pay attention. Right? And snakes don't have legs. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's so... a great observation. <laughs> well, okay, pause. Back when Aiden and Kim were really little and we were at Summerfest, where Starwood used to be, upstate New York. Courtney was doing the radio station like how we like to do and Aiden and Kieran were 6 and 4 and we were all in there and they were picking out the music but she put them on like the microphone right. and if they had any things they would want to tell everybody at the up uh, right words Aiden of advice. it was very very hot and so Aiden's words of advice was if you had animals to make sure that you gave them water i'm saying he's like i'm just telling you i'm telling you cuz i'm telling you you yeah. have to feed and water your animals and then when Kieran was asked if he had anything to tell anyone, his was, snakes don't have arms. So, that's what I just needed to Was it to. arms or legs? Snakes have no arms. That's just his announcement, <laughs> and he marched on out of that little hut. Nice. Of the, yeah, so. Um, they're chthonic. They don't have arms. They don't have legs. They slither along the ground. Mm. So, they are representative of her chthonic, underworld, earthy nature. And the horse. And I put that one in there because the horse, horses of and metal
0: horse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good connection there.
1: So, all the way from Hesiod in the beginning of the first time we see Hecate mentioned to the Chaldean oracles through the Orphic mysteries, there have always been horse mentions in relation to Hecate. She's horse faced and horse headed. Horse with a long mane is seen leaping out of her shoulder in the Chaldean oracles. Don't cool. know what that's about, but it happened. And I told you about my personal horse connection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's connected to fire and the fiery nature of Hakate. Blink, blink, blink.
0: <laughs> if I was uh, to make a Hecate altar what would be some items that would be good to put on there
1: um I find that when we when people get a little bit um they question themselves a lot when it comes to offerings and so I look at it kind of like you're shopping for somebody for Christmas or their birthday and you want to get them something that they would like. So I understand the, what do I bring her? What do I bring to this ritual? Or what do I bring to put on the, what's, what, what do I offer? And my, my always, my standard is, you know, bring something from your heart. So whatever you want to put on the altar that you feel called to put on the altar, you can. I think you definitely want to get to know the, god or goddess that you are making offerings to because there might be some things that are a taboo that they wouldn't like and you might you know avoid those things but the things that are classically offered to hecate would be a lot of food items so eggs honey chicken yeah chicken is probably like a classified as a upg an undocumented personal gnosis, mm. so I don't know if there is a classical document that Hecate likes chicken. Okay, but for the novices stemming back to New York City, that mm. chicken that was sacrificed at Samhain, and then we would often call upon Hecate at Samhain, even though she, would, you know, it's become kind of like one of her holidays again pointing back to it wouldn't be a a classical thing to call on her at Samhain besides the fact that it's a Celtic holiday but we would diverge into a different topic um we would offer her that chicken that sacrificed chicken and no for anyone that's listening we did not do the sacrifice ourselves. but when you live in a cool kind of place like upper manhattan you can go to right to the chicken store pick out the chicken and they will prepare it for you right then there so it's become like a tradition in the different families of covens to offer hecate that chicken because she seems to really like it and then that chicken carcass becomes this really magical soup to kind of get you better if you get sick over the winter um herbs would be a great idea and when i say eggs don't just like plop an egg in a shell because that's not how you would eat it so don't give it to her that way um hard boil them and uh take the shells out off uh milk is can be offered i'm picky about the type of milk that i will offer to any god especially one that I'm a priestess of because the dairy industry is a horribly painful industry. And so I think about where these food items came from and the journey from their production to my altar. And so eggs I get from down the road or I buy the expensive ones that are pasture-raised and organic from the grocery store if I'm not picking them up down the road. And the milk that I offer only comes from listen lady only comes from my cow share so it is raw milk fresh because that milk goes to that baby first I still don't have milk yet because the baby isn't born so um that's just that's that's something I do maybe you want to give that and consider that uh water wine olive oil
0: wine I like that
1: Mm mhm um garlic cheeses
0: who doesn't like cheeses? Bread.
1: Homemade bread would be really lovely to offer.
0: Delectable cheeses. Delectable
1: cheeses and sweet meats. Yes. Um, and onions. You know, garlic, onions, that grow under the ground. So, <coughs> excuse me, if you are especially working with uh, a uh, chthonic aspect of Hecate, that would be wonderful to order offer some onions or garlic along with anything else. Um. Yeah. So just consider where their offerings come from, and and f- follow your instinct. I lots of times get flowers, and I like to buy flowers from <laughs> the the sale bin at the Kroger wow. because I feel bad for those flowers because I know that they're going to get thrown out soon. Oh, so I rescue them and I get their like little liminal life from the store. Maybe they weren't the most beautiful still, but. They go to my altar for a little while, and then they go to the compost pile. And I think that's pretty. So if you're interested in working with her, how do you start? Start with your offerings. That's
0: probably a right? good idea.
1: That you've got to... I mean, I think it's important to know that, you know, if I never speak to my neighbor and I go knocking on the door and now I need like 20 bucks or can you watch my cats for the week while I'm in, you know, the Bahamas. They're less likely to be so willing to help me with anything if I don't build that relationship first. And go over so and
0: give them a housewarming gift.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: bottle of wine, goes a long energy. way for everybody. Yeah. You
1: know. So, I feel like if you You know, when you just go to the gods and the shit hits the fan, Mm. you might get some help, but if you develop those relationships with your spirits and your deities and your, you know, your house spirits, your land spirits, whatever spirits you want to work with, and you're building that relationship, when you actually do need them, they're going to show up harder for you. You know, your best friend's going to show up harder for you than the neighbor on the corner that you never talked to. So you start with your offerings. You can... You know, there are times where the offerings don't make it to the crossroads. I remove them from the altar. You know, I say, okay, I'm going to take this away. Please take your last of it. Obviously, it's not taking a bite out of these eggs, right? But it's the essence of the eggs, the honey, the garlic, the wine, whatever it is that I've left her. And once I've removed from the altar, it can go outside, it can go to the crossroads or it can go in the trash down the drain. Meditate and do your path workings.
0: Yeah, what's that thing that, uh, or maybe you don't want to talk about that, Do you you have kind of a mantra that you...
1: Yeah, so that's a course that I took with Jason Miller. Uh, It's called The Sorcery of Hecate. It opens maybe two or three times a year. And so within that um, method of working, part of that is having to do a mantra minimum of 100 times a day. So, um, just developing your, whether it's daily or weekly practice, maybe you're not there yet. So have it be monthly, do it at the dark noon and the new moon, have a deep non, leave things at the full moon. Part of the, uh, in the Chaldean oracles was as the moon grew in, in size, like from, from dark to full was the spirits that were people passing away. And that their spirits would go to the moon first, go to the Empyrean realms, like the Zekate's realm. And as it filled up, once it was full and then it started to wane away, it was that like the spirits were passing then to the the afterlife. Nice. So both dark. And I think it did make a distinction of, we think it's, oh, it's the new moon on the calendar. It's not. That's the dark moon. The new moon is actually that first sliver, right? So it's dark moon. First crescent is your new moon, mm. full moon, etc. I think community service in areas sacred tekate. I mentioned, you know, donating and taking care of dogs. Go and walk dogs. Even if you can't adopt a dog, you can go mm-hmm. walk dogs at the shelter that's near you. That'd be super cool. Um, working with um, homeless, making donations to the homeless. Those are people that are in liminal. You know, they are experiencing homelessness. I like that phrase instead of labeling them as homeless right mm. it's not who they are it's what they're experiencing um i also see working with people in, in trans rights and trans health care as uh, Hakatian work i don't work with people who don't accept um trans people i'm not welcome in my circles and i'm not going to yours um, these are people i'm making a transition from one life to another life. How liminal and uh, sacred is that? So you can find community service areas, sacred to Hecate, and start doing those things. How, definitely you know, women's
0: I, rights, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely would would say that. Birth, I work as, I'm a birth worker, and so birth work is human rights, really. I mean, yes, it's women or femme or, or birthing people's rights, um, I just got my Know Your Birth, Know Your Rights course graduate tag right when we were on a break. Um, Boom. But really, men, women, and you know, non-binary people are born. So how we get here and the state of our health when we get here and the person who gave birth to us is a human rights issue. And so while none of my clients really would know that that's part of my precessing work. That's just between me and and Hecate. Hecate Gentilis, the midwife, right? Mm -mm. So, Lokia, um, that guardian of birth. So, find a place. And finally, we can just talk about some resources if you want to go deeper with your work on Hecate. Um, There's a book which came out right around the time that I uh, started my votary training in 2010 um it's called her sacred fires and it is edited by sarita de est and or de esti she might say her name is de esti sarita uh, runs the covenant of hecate um in may of every year there is uh, uh, her sacred fires happens then and it's sort of like a worldwide ritual um the covenant of hecate website has lots of information on it and the book, Her Sacred Fires, is sort of a compilation of a lot of different people that she had known at the time that were working with her, had experience with her, might have considered themselves priest or priestess or dedicants of her. So it's like a big edited book. But there's a really great timeline in the beginning that Sarita put in there um, that really sort of lays out Hecate's story and where you find her in literature, hymns, etc., etc. Before that book, they had uh, her and her former partner, David Rankin, wrote a book called Hecate Liminal Rights. And that was really good, too. She's really good at the research, you know, and taking all the things from all around um, classical writings and putting it all together in one spot for you. Um, she's currently working on a uh, circle for Hecate, and right now, volume one is out. It's very good. There's a book that I got from my university library. It's called Hecate Sotiera, and it's by Sarah Ills Johnson, and it's really hard to read because it's about the Chaldean oracles. And so there would be times where I read a paragraph, and I had no idea what I just, what did I just read? And I'd have to read it again. You know, it's sort of like hold your head on reading, so FYI. Um, the Goddess Hecate by Stephen Ronin. You'll probably find that on the internet, Um, PDFs. I don't think it's in print, and if you can find it in print, it's going to be hefty. So I have it as a PDF. I would always recommend that people read books on Greek myth. While you might not find Hecate in many of them, beyond uh, the myth of the, you know, Cory and Persephone and Demeter. Um, I think it's important to know the stories of the time and culture she comes from. Um, I'm going to skip that one because I'm not going to say that in my podcast. <laughs> the Sorcery of Hecate Course I mentioned by Jason Miller. Um, that's pr- probably pretty easy to just go Google that. It is not cheap, but there are payment plans and... I would say if you're not used to doing a daily practice literally daily practice you're not ready for it um and then coming out in the spring i think
0: of 2021
1: drumroll us is a book called the hecate goddess of witches by Courtney Weber, who wrote the Morgan book, Goddess of uh, Magic and Might, and the book on the Goddess Bridget, and who is our or at least my High Priestess.
0: Tarot for one.
1: Oh yeah, she wrote Tarot for one. High five. So yeah, that's not out yet. I've read it. It's good. And I think it's definitely Which one
0: have you read it? The the new one, the one? book Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah i read it um definitely focuses on the aspect of uh witchcraft and sorcery and hecate being a goddess of witches
0: nice and we didn't
1: talk too much about about that in this podcast but definitely uh would be involved in magic you know you can sniff up the trees of Circe or kirky and medea and uh they were her priestesses and witches and in their stories, they learn directly from Hakate. Cool. Are you going to sing? Uh. <laughs> Thanks. I thought you were going to bust into song, but no. Let's belch. I don't
0: know what song it would be. Okay.
1: Well, I guess we're going to go now. We're going to enjoy our mead. Indeed. In. I can't rhyme it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't rhyme it. You're a better rhymer than me.
0: Hey, was there any... Um, I think last time we had mentioned some emails from some people, and I just wanted we to We did
1: fix. not have any fan mail this time. Really?
0: Not no. On, huh? That's no. So I, I would say, like... Maybe they're busy.
1: You know, maybe people are. But it's hoof.horn.podcast at gmail.com. You can leave us any commentary on our website on our instagram on our facebook and if you've been working with hecate i would love to hear about it cool Yep. well that's all folks
0: see you later
1: just crunch that ice a little bit more okay come on give me a good one take us out with it Thanks for joining us. Check back soon for a mini episode on Hecate and witchcraft. We'll be discussing herbs associated with her, her connection to magic and witchcraft stemming thousands of years, and finally I'll be giving everyone a sneak peek at a new segment called The Cat, Key, and Cauldron Herbal Spotlight. Please remember to share this episode with your friends and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Bye, witches!